So a second emergency application has now been made to the Supreme Court for them to review a new case dealing with the state of New York and their defiance of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision. So let's talk about this. But real quick before we jump into this video, I want to thank the sponsor of this video, which is USCCA. Through your membership, you get training, education, and self-defense liability protection. So if you carry a firearm, I highly recommend you take a look into USCCA, and I'll leave a link to them down in the details section. Also want to mention that currently the Gundy's voting is open once again. Uh, if you guys recall, last year I actually won the award for Top 2 Way Voices. This year I'm in the same category. So if you're interested, I would love to have your vote. I will leave a link down below in the details section and the comment section. As I mentioned in the intro, in this video we will be discussing a second case that is now seeking emergency review from the Supreme Court. The case we'll be discussing in this video is called Gazzola v. Hockel. This case involves a different challenge to the state of New York's Concealed Carry Improvement Act, which the state of New York passed in direct defiance to the Supreme Court's decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. This case we're going to be talking about is different from some of the other cases and the other challenges to the Concealed Carry Improvement Act because this one specifically deals with how the CCIA will in fact impact dealers and gun stores. These businesses in this case are as plaintiffs argue that the CCIA is unconstitutional because it violates the Second Amendment and also that Bruin decision. The businesses in this lawsuit argue that they are a critical component to the right to keep and bear arms and that the CCIA attempts to regulate them pretty much out of existence. Now, when Bruin, the Supreme Court struck down New York's May issue CCW licensing scheme, finding that it was inconsistent with this nation's history and tradition. One of the primary findings of the Bruin decision was that the government bears the burden to prove that their restriction is based in the history and tradition of our nation. In fact, Justice Thomas stated, writing for the majority, that today we decline to adopt the two-part approach. In keeping with Heller, we hold that when the Second Amendment's plain text covers an individual's conduct, the Constitution presumptively protects that conduct. To justify its regulation, the government may not simply posit that the regulation promotes an important interest. Rather, the government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearms regulations. Only if a firearms regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition may a court then conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment's unqualified command, that unqualified command being shall not be infringed. However, despite that decision by the Supreme Court, the state of New York decided to rush through the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, which made the permit scheme and the permit process in the state of New York even worse than the one that existed prior to Bruin. But also, the CCIA had major impacts on gun stores and how they run their businesses. This case specifically involves the CCIA's impacts on gun stores and similar dealers that are in the state of New York. These businesses, for example, are challenging how the CCIA's regulations are currently preventing them from being able to sell semi-automatic rifles since essentially the new semi-automatic rifle license required under the CCIA right now is not even available. So they claim that there has been an entire halt on them being able to sell the inventory they have. Uh, there has been pretty much a halt on them being able to sell rifles. The businesses in this lawsuit are also challenging the CCIA's background check requirements, and they claim all these additional restrictions have created a drastic drop in all of their sales leading them to suffer significant monetary losses. And again, this is all a direct result of the CCIA. The plaintiffs in this case filed their lawsuit originally on November 1st in a Northern District Federal Court in New York. In the lawsuit, they argue that the CCIA violated various constitutional rights, including uh, the Second Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, 
and also the 14th Amendment, and they also argue that this is a violation of federal preemption. The plaintiffs in this case also argue that these FFL holders, that these gun stores, represent the to keep portion of the Second Amendment's language of the right to keep and bear arms. They allege that as dealers in firearms, their engagement in the lawful stream of firearms commerce is pretty much interwoven with the fundamental individual right to keep and bear arms. One of the main arguments of their lawsuit was that the CCIA was designed in a way which essentially makes it almost next to impossible for them to be in compliance. And this was really all done with the goal of having them stripped of their operating licenses and essentially removing them from business. And if they didn't comply, then they would also be hit with criminal charges. So since they couldn't comply, their only option was essentially to shut down shop. Now, originally in this case, the plaintiffs sought to obtain a temporary restraining order or a TRO. And also they sought a request for a preliminary injunction. And again, that was requested from the district court in the state of New York. However, the district court rapidly denied both the TRO and the preliminary injunction in the same order. In fact, the preliminary injunction was denied without even a hearing taking place. Now, in response to that, the plaintiffs decided to submit an interlocutory appeal, which is an appeal on one of these denials of a motion here. Uh, they submitted that appeal up to the Second Circuit. Again, they were requesting that the Second Circuit find that the district court's denial of the TRO and the preliminary injunction was incorrect and therefore they should vacate that decision. However, the Second Circuit decided to agree with the state of New York. The three-judge panel in the Second Circuit denied the appeal saying that the court weighed the applicable factors and found that the district court was correct when they denied the TRO and the preliminary injunction. And this has all come to a head now with the plaintiff seeking an emergency application up to the Supreme Court. And in this emergency application, they are seeking for the Supreme Court to reverse the Second Circuit's decision and essentially find that the Second Circuit was incorrect, that the district court was incorrect, and a preliminary injunction in a TRO should be in effect. This emergency application was filed to Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who is the justice responsible for reviewing emergency applications and filings that come out of the Second Circuit. And as I mentioned in prior videos, just because she's initially responsible for granting, denying, or referring the application to a full court vote, does not mean that this would end here and that there's no other remedies. If she denied the application here or took no action, then the petitioners here could go to any other justice that they want, for example, Justice Thomas, and then seek the granting of that emergency application from that different justice. As you may be aware, currently Justice Sonia Sotomayor is also hearing an emergency application in the Antioch case, which is another case dealing with a challenge to the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. However, the Antioch case is more specific to the individual harms that the concealed carry permits uh, create, the harms that individuals are suffering because of that scheme, because of the application process, and also the overbearing sensitive location restrictions that are created under that new law. This case, Gazola, is much more specific to the impacts that the CCA creates to specific dealers. Therefore, in the emergency application, the plaintiffs here in this petition are essentially arguing that their case is unique from the Antioch case that Sotomayor is already considering, and therefore she pretty much shouldn't kick this, she should still consider it, and they argue that this is right for an emergency application. Now, in response to the emergency application, Justice Sonia Sotomayor has already requested that the state of New York file a response by January 11th at 4 p.m. Similar to what she just did and what just happened in the Antioch case, the state of New York will now have to answer to the Supreme Court on how the restrictions that are now in place in New York are indeed consistent with the Second Amendment and how it didn't violate the Bruin decision, which we all know it in fact did. Now, one quick thing that I wanna note is the type of things that we're talking about right now are happening on the Supreme Court shadow docket. 
These are actions filed outside of the Supreme Court's traditional docket. It's out of the traditional system. In cases that are at kind of in the shadow docket that happen at this procedural level, often don't come with uh, very extensive briefings. They don't come with a ton of hearings. And often, even if there's an opinion or some sort of decision, it doesn't come with a written opinion. Sometimes that leads to no clarity and you don't know how justices voted, but that's just something that comes along with the Supreme Court shadow docket. However, sometimes the court will in fact issue opinions along with their orders, the things that come out of the shadow docket. And I think this case and also the Antioch case are kind of perfect for that because it deals with a state's direct defiance of the Bruin decision. So the state of New York has until January 11th at 4 p.m. to file an opposition and respond to why the Supreme Court does not need to grant review on this emergency application. And again, in another case that deals directly with the state of New York's defiance of the Bruin decision. If we get any more information, I will let you all know. Also, if you like this video and like support the channel, one of the best ways to do that is to like, comment, and subscribe. All those things help to fuel the algorithm or fuel Algor's rhythm. It adds fuel to his jet and signals to YouTube that you guys see value in these videos and in this type of two-way news. As always, I want to thank everybody who likes, comments, subscribes, who hits the notification bell, who shares these videos. You guys are directly impacting these videos, impacting this channel, helping me to reach and educate more people than I could ever do on my own. So as always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And never forget, the station is built by Arm Scholars and the station will be maintained by Arm Scholars.